Welcome to the Dunker Punks podcast, and thanks for listening today. Tell me, what adventures do you have planned for 2018? Or do you have plans, that is? And are any of your plans adventurous? Think about your answer as you take time to contemplate the adventurous music of a dunker punk named Jacob Krause and the theme song named Modifiers. I don't want to be rich, don't want to be popular, don't want to be selfish, no. I don't want to be a goat, don't want to be ignorant, don't want to be blindfolded, I just want to be countercultural. Violent, don't wanna have a vendetta, don't wanna be vengeful, no. I don't wanna be a soldier, don't wanna be militaristic, don't wanna help that cycle, I just wanna be a countercultural pacifist. I don't want to be a racist, don't want to be a capitalist, don't want to be sexist, no. I don't want to pass judgment, don't want to hold grudges, don't want to be hateful, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. I don't want to shop at Walmart, don't want to grow Monsanto, don't want to drink Coca-Cola, no. I don't want to burn petrol, don't want to eat perfect fruit, don't want to feel guilty, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving organic gardener. I want to be authentic, I want to be radical, I want to be optimistic, honest, I wanna be humble, I wanna be progressive, I wanna be open, I'm inspiration, I wanna be like John Wesley, or Sarah Major, or Anna Mao, I wanna be like Martin Luther, or Martin Luther King Jr., like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Belim, or Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, or Jesus Christ, but mostly, I just wanna be me. Thanks, Jacob. That song is great inspiration to consider adventures. So what's yours? Where are you heading in 2018? A vacation? A new job? How about new life in your family? Some disaster relief work? A week at camp? Or even brethren volunteer service? Maybe you've just registered for National Youth Conference and are ready for that adventure. In any scenario, today's interview will inspire you to jump in with both feet. Sarah Alleminick returns with an interview with Anna Lisa Gross. Anna is leaving an interim pastor position at Stone Church in Huntington, Pennsylvania, and jumping into van living with both feet, four feet actually, because her husband is part of the adventure. They've outfitted a van and have plans. I'll let Anna and Sarah fill you in on the rest. Enjoy. Hey, Dunker Punks. This is Sarah Olaminick, and I hope you are all having a great start to 2018. 
In this episode, I get to have a conversation with Annalisa Gross, former interim pastor of Stone Church in Huntington, Pennsylvania, about her upcoming life transition and her and her husband's efforts to simplify their lives moving forward. I know I was inspired to hear about a couple daring to make such a big, fresh start, and I hope you will be too. So without further ado, let's get started. My name is Annalisa Gross, and I'm the interim pastor at Stone Church of the Brethren. And so you have a big life transition coming up. Absolutely. <laughs> um, do you, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about that, about where you're going and sure. what you're planning on doing? And Sure. Three weeks from now is my last day here at Stone Church. That's Christmas Eve. And then we will take a little time to see our families. And then um, we'll be doing a couple months of disaster response through Brethren Disaster Ministries. So right now, it looks like we'll be in South Carolina. And then in April, we're moving to Mexico, to Michoacan State, and we'll be living on one acre of land out of our van and doing some permaculture (laughs) projects. And do you want to talk a little bit about the the different modifications you've made to the van to make this possible? Yeah. So uh, my husband installed solar panels on the roof of the van, and those those will power our dorm fridge size freezer and charge our laptops and our phones, Mm -hmm. things like that. Maybe even run the coffee grinder. I think it will. Um, But just some (laughs) basic things. So we took out all the seats other than the driver and passenger seats, and Philip's done all the work on it. But he, (laughs) he built, like, a bed that is actually two parts. It started as two bed frames, and then he built it up onto a platform and made some cuts in it so that the parts fold up kind of like lounge chairs. So under the bed will be our storage. Mm -hmm. So between the bed and the front seats is really just that freezer. And then right now that's where the toilet is, which is a bucket in a plywood box, just a composting toilet, Mm -hmm. but it has a diverter, a urine diverter. So you like dump the pee pretty often, goes Mm. into a little jug. And then the solids, there's like a fan and then like a hose, Hmm. um, a big hose. So that helps draw all the moisture out. And so then you can, and you add in leaves or other, depending Mm. on what's available. It could be grass clippings, but some hot composting material. Mm -hmm. And so once the bucket's full, you put a lid on it and wait, and then it becomes compost. Hmm. So you can add worms, you can add different things Mm -hmm. to speed it up. So right now that's all that's going to be in the van because the kitchen is going to be on a hitch rack on the back and that's like a portable grill, a camp grill and a sink system that is like when you go camping but it's also a bucket and then (laughs) has a foot pump. Hmm. Yeah, that's about as far as we've gotten. And where are you going to get the water from? So we'll just use, at least to start with, because the rains don't start until June, where mm-hmm. we'll be at rains from June to October. So during those months, we can use rainwater, mm-hmm. and then we'll keep it in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, since there's no plumbing, like all the water we're mm-hmm. using, we'll be able to keep in that system. But when we get there, it won't have rained yet, and so we'll buy water. There's mm-hmm. like a 10,000 gallon, 1,000 gallon like big, big tank. Um, And so we'll just buy water to have in it. So that's not drinkable water, but we have a UV light that you use to help purify. purify. So we'll be able to drink drink the water eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and the property itself is on a slope, so the first projects oh will be building a pond at the top end and a pond at the lower end, and then swales and channels mm -hmm. in between. So that's why we want to get there before the rain starts so that we can get those projects done. And so you, you had told me earlier that part of what you're doing in this area is working somewhat with your uncle. Right. And do you want to talk a little bit about what sure. kind of your, your long-term goal is? Sure. There with the so he bought this land, this acre, and had hoped to do some agricultural stuff on it, maybe even build a house on it someday. He's not sure. Mm -hmm. But he lives on the other side of the city and doesn't get to the land as much as he would like. He's planted a couple trees, and that's about it. So once we get there, um, he'll have more incentive to come and he'll be able to be part of more projects. But definitely we're going to be focusing on the landscaping itself, which is almost all about water because that's mm -hmm. really what's needed. It's a relatively temperate climate. It does get cold in the winter, but, um, and it gets to freezing, but still a lot of things can grow mm -hmm. once they have water. So we'll focus on trees and other things that are... Uh, what, am, what am I trying to say? Pretty self-sufficient as long mm -hmm. as they have the water. Right. So certainly during the time that we're there, which right now we're saying is a year or two, mm -hmm. um, we'll do some vegetable gardening and, you know, maybe plant some blueberries and try out some other things. But in the longer term, we aren't intending to do a lot of like farming type stuff. Because this mm -hmm. is more about setting up a permaculture system. Mm -hmm. So the ponds will also have fish in them and we might plant mulberries over some of the channels, mulberry trees, because then they can grow together to form kind of a canopy over mm -hmm. the water. And mulberry trees are what silkworms like and fish like silkworms. And so mm -hmm. it makes a good mm -hmm. um, permaculture s circle. Right. So we might do some of that. My uncle also has a vision for kind of a living tunnel and so we'll probably start with some kind of metal structure, build like a, a bit of a cylinder, mm -hmm. but a cylinder that is big enough that you can walk inside of it like a tunnel. And then we'll be doing um, vining plants all over it. Um, so certainly a preference for like trees that bear some kind of thing that we can eat, mm -hmm. but it, it might just be a variety. And um, is this something you guys have been wanting to do for a while? Yeah. Um, so Philip especially has done a lot of research on permaculture, and he's done some of it himself when he lived in Florida, and then he moved back to Indiana, where we're from. That was when we met. And he did just a little in Indiana. He, he planted about 400 trees in Indiana, six different kinds. Um, but we were only, like, I think he was back in Indiana for a year and a half before we moved here. So this will be the first time doing it in that kind of climate. And mm -hmm. so it's a pretty exciting way to use out some of what we've learned through limited experience and what he's really learned through reading mm -hmm. to be able to try it in a new environment. Mm -hmm. Neither of us have done any of those kinds of land sculpting projects, mm -hmm. um, nothing like that. So it, it is like to be able to put into practice and experiment with some of the knowledge mm -hmm. and then also a way to yeah, support my uncle's well-roundedness. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, so this, it's all going to be a very new experience. Right. Kind of oh, I also forgot the animals. So we'll also get oh. chickens because the soil itself is really depleted. Mm. Um, so we'll have De chickens and goats. Depleted from 
from what? From erosion is a lot of it because mm -hmm. it is on this slope and not a place where, um, I mean, it's a mountainous city, but it's not a city where erosion protection is part of the mindset. And So because of man-made construction <clears throat> things, erosion has become worse? Or? So, okay, well, since the rain only comes in one short spurt, relatively short spurt, there isn't a lot of plant life mm -hmm. to help hold the soil together to begin with, mm -hmm. especially once you start building a city and you take down the trees that have been mm -hmm. able mm -hmm. to be there. And it's a dense city. So most of the vegetation is not, I, I don't know what the official term would be, but, you know, it's small, bushy-type things that don't really it help the, the network in. of the soil. Yeah. Right. So... Erosion, certainly. The farming, the like larger scale farming mm -hmm. that is happening there is not organic. So there mm -hmm. are, there's a lot of use of pesticides and mm -hmm. fertilizers. And, it, you know, it's probably an area where there used to be volcanic activity. Mm -hmm. But that may have been so long ago that there haven't been those like natural inputs into the soil. So on the edge of a city, not a whole lot of plant life, mm -hmm. not a whole lot of animal life like naturally occurring because there's not enough plant life that animals would want to hang out there. There's no shelter for them. Mm -hmm. So we'll be doing, yeah, putting in place some things that will help attract more animals, but also bringing in chickens on purpose. We've even thought about maybe ducks um, might make sense because there's a, every summer there's a week where a certain kind of grasshopper comes and just eats everything Mm, and so having some bigger birds than chickens might be useful for that grasshopper mm -hmm. season. And then probably goats also, mm -hmm. just because they're so great at eating whatever mm -hmm. they can find. There's no there's no yeah. grass anywhere, so and goats are good. Dairy goats? Or just, yeah, it'd be yeah. dairy goats, I think, because we have no interest in butchering goats. Mm -hmm. But if, if we're going to have animals, they might as well might eat as well something we can mm -hmm. eat something from. Yeah. So. It seems interesting to me that this kind of big transition is coinciding with New Year's. Yeah, that's Christmas. true. What is that? Yeah. Has that been well salient? Okay, so some of that I think is the natural outcome of how the church calendar works. <laughs> because you can't leave before Christmas, right. right? So it's like we're coming to a place of some completion mm -hmm. in the church year, even though this is so not important, but officially the church calendar begins with Advent. That's oh, the new year. And then the final sacred season mm -hmm. is Pentecost. So from Advent, mm -hmm. then you've got Epiphany and then mm -hmm. all the Lent stuff. Mm -hmm. Then the Easter stuff, then the Pentecost. Mm -hmm. So that's like that cycle. And then it's called ordinary time from Pentecost right. until Advent. So the new year is starting. But it also, so you're kind of leaving in the middle of the... Exactly. The, leaving in the middle the of the church year. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but... You can't leave during Advent and you can't leave during Lent, in my opinion. Mm. So this was this was the break. So all of that, I mean, I think what feels more relevant to me is the weather. Mm. That this is it's a cold time of year to move. Since we're like we're um, we're gonna get rid of our car, so we just have the van to drive mm -hmm. on this very long trip to Mexico. This is it a minivan. It's a it's size? a full size okay. van, a ninety eight GMC. So we won't have room to bring anything. Plus, we're going to Mexico, so we're not allowed to bring plants or anything. Mm, right. But it does mean, like, December is a cool time to figure out what to do with our dozens and dozens of plants that we have growing <laughs> in buckets and tubs and all sorts of things. So that's challenging. And it's just a cold time to be starting out our life in the van. Mm -hmm. 
but I think there's something that does feel like clean or useful about knowing that my time here ends with 2017 and then like 2018 is a different era. Mm-hmm. I think that's useful for the church. It's also useful for me as just such a con- like concise kind of marker. Mm-hmm. And then as people tell the stories later on, they can say, yeah, 2017, that was the time we had with Annalisa. Mm-hmm. 2018, that's when Ben and Cindy mm-hmm. began their journey with us. Right. Do you think all of that downsizing contributes to the feel of the idea that 2018 is kind of the start of this new Yeah, probably. We downsized a bit before we came here because we were living in a trailer, a house trailer, but this is taking it to another level, certainly. And when we moved here, we didn't put anything in storage. And so, like, that's something I've been wrestling with now. Should we Mm -hmm. store some things? Mm -hmm. Because really what we can fit in the van is so, so limited. So do I want to actually get rid of every book but five books Mm -hmm. do and I don't think I want to get rid of my winter coat the heaviest winter coat even though I'm not going to take it there so I'm I'm wrestling with that a little bit because on some basic level I prefer to have a life where I don't have a storage space Mm -hmm. somewhere Um, but this feels unique enough and at least our intention is for it to be short term enough Mm -hmm. that it seems like it could make sense but certainly to like you know the the home that we'll have is also our traveling unit, right? And so, like, once we begin this journey, once we drive out of Huntington that last time, it's like everything we have is going to be right in is that it? one space. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, feels, like, homey. Mm-hmm. It feels cozy. It feels... Um, there's something, like, soothing about that. Mm-hmm. So I think it certainly would help it feel like a new era a new year, a very different kind of life. Not that we won't get more stuff in Mexico. Eventually we will end up getting other things, Mm -hmm. figure out some kind of tub situation for Mm -hmm. washing dishes, you know, stuff like that that we'll accumulate once we get there. But Mm -hmm. it won't be very much because we don't have a place to keep things. And that's part of the um, the simplicity of that life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that even living here for, I think there are a couple factors. One is, We were living just in that trailer, and so we didn't have space to add more stuff to our Mm -hmm. life. But also something I enjoy about Little Huntington is that I do almost all my grocery shopping. Well, it would be at the farmer's market Mm -hmm. when I could, but then at the Weiss store. And the Weiss store doesn't have stuff that encourages me to, like, spontaneously shop. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much only food. Mm -hmm. You can get some soap there and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's not like... When I lived in Minneapolis and would often get pick up stuff like at Target, mm, and there's, like there's all, all of, of these enticing yeah. things, and I would come home with stuff that I had no mm. intention of getting, right. and I just haven't done much of that mm. here. And you know, if I I haven't needed to get clothes or anything like that, but like all of that's on the other side of town, and I just don't usually go over there mm-hmm. or don't wander into a store. Mm-hmm thinking I was going for a grocery right. item because I just go to Weiss. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how those point. things will... They're like The place we're going in Mexico now has a Walmart. Didn't the mm. last time I was there, but they have a Walmart. Oh, I'm yeah. sure we'll end up there eventually. <laughs> like Probably There will be something, something at some mm-hmm. point, but yeah. So uh, do you do New Year's resolutions? I have sometimes. sometimes. They're often... like Sometimes it's a you know kind of a lifestyle change, but... I do love writing, and so 
it's been years now, but there have been years where I've started some writing discipline on mm. January 1st, like the writing three pages every morning, that kind of thing. But they don't ever, I don't maintain those. Could you think of any New Year's resolutions that you might have for this? That's for a great 2018? question. That actually might be it. It might be, <laughs> might be something writing. like writing. <laughs> yeah, that's the, um, in addition to our spending time outside, mm-hmm. my project for Mexico is writing projects. I have a mm. couple different things that I want to be working on. So, yeah, that that would probably make the most sense. Um, so maybe it'll be something around writing. It might also have something to do with limiting my electronic digital mm. um, activities. Mm-hmm. Like I had actually been hoping to downgrade it to a non-smartphone and I couldn't quite pull it off because yeah. of the camera function of a smartphone. And so I actually looked into a dumb phone that had a good camera Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't find anything Mm -hmm. that wasn't like $600. Mm -hmm. And so I I still do have a smartphone, but maybe it'll be some kind of app purge or something or Mm -hmm. now going off to launch this adventure doesn't feel like a time to like delete my Facebook account. I don't spend very much time on it anyway, Mm -hmm. but you know, those kinds of things are tempting resolutions, Mm -hmm. um, because I certainly don't relish the thought of, you know, like there are going to be cold days and rainy days. Um, I don't relish the thought of sitting in the van staring mm-hmm. at my phone for a long time. Right. But I could see that being really tempting in a new place when my Spanish is totally rusty. Like we need to dive into, I think we'll dive into some language classes actually yeah. as soon as we get there so that we don't, I mean, because it would be easy. Like we're going to be on the edge of the city where we'll have neighbors, but not like right next door. And our life will be pretty self-contained mm-hmm. in some ways. And so I don't want us to, like, look up three months into our time in Mexico and realize that we haven't really been gaining Spanish. Mm-hmm. So so that's all to say there are enough, like, between the cold and the language and uh, not needing to go be doing stuff, interacting in the city, there's, like, a recipe for isolation in our life. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, th- it's so helpful to talk about. So maybe my New Year's resolution will involve some some counterbalances to mm-hmm. isolation, mm-hmm. which could yeah could be yeah. like a limit of phone type computer type Fair stuff. Enough. It's very exciting. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm yeah. excited for you to hear Thank you, you talk about. Yeah, I'm really excited too. We were just in India for two weeks, and it made me so much more excited about Mexico because mm-hmm. it helped me remember what that feeling is like to start in a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, and what felt so exciting was that when we actually get to Morelia, we're going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Whereas in India, we were in one place four or five days, and then we'd be moving on to the next place. And this time we'll get to stay. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, like in India, there are like 30 different languages. And in any one place we might be, there were probably five that were in use mm-hmm. in that city. Um, I mean, at least. Mm-hmm. And in Mexico, like, we just need to learn Spanish. Right. That's all. <laughs> yes. So yes, it, Spanish, you can get it helped me feel excited, but also like, okay, I think I think we can handle this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And living out of a backpack. But like this time, I'll get the equivalent of three or four backpacks. <laughs> Maybe more. I'm thinking of like stuff that's not actually the actual appliance of uh-huh. the, the, you know, that space will be small, but. We've been working on, like, trying to eat up all our squash. I brought up, mm. like, two dozen squash and pumpkins today, hoping people would people take would them take home. Because our bounty 
like we just haven't had time to eat it and now we need to go <laughs> yeah and so time. all of that yeah. like preparing for the end is mm-hmm. it's wonderfully bittersweet but there is clarity in moving far enough that like we're not taking a squash not mm-hmm. a single one right that would be silly so time to leave the squash and move on to, to exactly new, new things yeah well, thank you so much for, Absolutely. for taking the time to I share about it. I hope this has been the kind of thing yeah. that you yeah. can use. No, it definitely has the whole idea. I think, like kind of the journey that you're yeah. getting started on and, and the stuff that you're doing, I think it's really powerful, the idea of like trying to kind of create sustainable mm-hmm. life cycles in places where, right. where they've sort of been disrupted. And, right. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. The, since we are going to be on the outskirts of the city, I'll say one more thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there people who I think I said this to you the other day but there are people who are basically just squatting on the land mm-hmm. and so put up shacks out of you know found materials and so in some ways I feel like the life we're choosing is a life that a lot of people don't necessarily have a choice about mm-hmm. now we, we do bring a van into the setting but it's not that sim- it's not that different from so many people's lives who just need a small amount of shelter Mm -hmm. like the basic amount of shelter who are also figuring out how to find water not Mm -hmm. ever turning open a faucet who also don't have an actual toilet to use Mm -hmm. you know things like that and so it feels like in some ways it seems pretty exotic and strange Mm -hmm. but it's also a very normal lifestyle for so many Mm -hmm. people in so many parts of the world right so I wonder I'm just curious about it I don't have a sense yet but I wonder how much we might find um, some solidarity with our neighbors, or will we feel like we're coming from too many, mm-hmm. t- too, too much many of a different kind of place? Mm-hmm. Might we learn things from the people next door? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Very it'll be exciting, really, really exciting question. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I hope that I hear some more about it. Maybe, yeah. maybe in your writing projects, you right? Know, send stuff, right? Send yeah, stuff. I feel like I need to at least share. Um, snippets and mm-hmm. a few photos along the way because it is an intriguing enough experiment mm-hmm. that yeah I do want to be able to let people know and especially to have been here and you know being a pastor is an intense way to be with people mm-hmm. and it's appropriate to move on but I don't want to disappear from people's lives all mm-hmm. the way either because we've shared a lot that's been valuable mm-hmm. so the end of one calendar year and the beginning of another may not have much effect on our lived experiences, but they give us a reference point for the passage of time, the progressing of the cycles of our lives. So whether this is a season of change for you, or just another month, I hope this episode gives you a chance to think about transition and renewal of land, of life, and of spirit. And regardless of whether you're looking forward to a new chapter in your life, a new year, a new month, or just a new day, I hope you also can find the courage and strength to embrace change and live into the difference you want to see in yourself and in the world around you. Happy New Year! Well, did you feel the excitement of such an adventure? Mexico, disaster relief work, and life in Michigan building an ecologically sensitive habitat, all while living in a van. How impressive. Some of our classic rock-loving listeners might recognize this as a real back-to-the-garden adventure. I am excited for them, and I hope that they will have enough technology to keep a blog, because this is an adventure worth following. My 2018 adventure is way simpler. It's an extended ski vacation that my husband and I have been dreaming of for a long time. 
I think adventures are important. Perhaps I just don't have the longest attention span. I have been told that I can't do anything for more than five years, but I think five years is a long time. What about you, Dunker Punks? And how does your Jesus living fit in with your adventure planning? Downsizing and simplifying is part of my plan. There are so many challenges that I've read when I read the Sermon on the Mount, but I don't remember anything about getting rid of all the stuff one accumulates. But except when Jesus told the rich young man to sell all that he had and give the money to the poor, hmm, Jesus and his contemporaries likely never had enough of anything to to accumulate. I hope my downsizing and donating is the beginning of the right path. Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, Foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus was an itinerant minister traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem with no more than the clothes he wore, as far as we can tell. He stayed with friends, new and old. And he went each day, relying on the hospitality of others and leaving a blessing and a challenge in exchange. Maybe you can't roam in a van exploring, but I challenge you to return to the Sermon on the Mount as you begin this year's adventures. Let us feel like Jesus has just spent a few nights on our couch, teaching by example how to love and live simply. Then take a look at your plans for 2018. How might you live more simply, more intentionally? And share the love of Jesus with those around you all while keeping life simple. You may bless the earth by reforming habitat for animals, birds, and fish. You might grow as much of your own food as possible, living close to the earth. You might serve others in brethren volunteer service or regular volunteering or work camps. You may participate in a youth group that explores all the challenges of living the Jesus way. There are innumerable ways to live like Jesus, and each one holds a challenge that can only be met as we stay close to him. So read, think, write, and post your choices and tag them, Dunker Punk's pod, on any social media. You might even write an essay and post it on the DunkerPunks.com website that my co-host Emmett administers. But let others know, because together we are accountable to other Dunker Punks and ultimately to the one we follow. Jesus the Christ. May the one who we follow bless your days with love, friends, and just enough challenges to keep you faithful. Thank you for listening. The Dunker Punks podcast consists of a team of young adults who provide content that challenges our living and encourages faithfulness to Jesus. Our producer is Emmy Gehring. Kevin Schatz edited the audio this week and Jacob Krauss created and performed our music. My co-host is Emmett Wachowski-Eldred, and our executive producer is Suzanne Lay. Arlington Church of the Brethren sponsors the podcast. Next episode, we hear from Pastor Dana Casal, who always finds a way to inspire and challenge our living. Until then, Dunker Punks for life. See you next time.